Praise the Lord. Greetings in the name of the Lord. This is Holy Lady T checking in on this glorious, glorious Thursday. And yes, I am still saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And yes, I am enjoying my life with Jesus. How about you? God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Yeah. Woo. Glory to God. I just thank God that yes, I'm still relaxing. Yes. Uh, during my winter break thank you lord thank you lord but i was like i have to get this message out i have to get these messages out before the beginning of the year before the beginning of the year because you never know so i'm like i have to get what god has put in my spirit to deliver to you all and so we're going to be talking about marriage on today and yes i know i am joyfully single and so that is why i'm going to be talking about marriage because us single women we need to take marriage seriously we need to take marriage seriously it's like not something that you play with it's just not some decision that you make so quickly and without very careful consideration and so I really want to uh bring forth like just the seriousness of marriage and God's intention for marriage but today the topic is marriage a model of God's relationship with the church marriage a model of God's relationship with the church. And marriage is the legal, the legally or formally recognized union. I like to say covenant, the legally or formally recognized union, covenant between a man, woman, and God. And so I had to add some to this definition because you know the world had their own definition. But when God talk about marriage, it's a it's a legal and formally covenant between a man, a woman, and God. So that means like two men can't get married under God's law. Two women cannot get married under God's law. I don't care how the world is changing the laws. Two men are not recognized by God as being in a marriage. And two women are not recognized by God as being in a marriage. And then you have some marriages that God did not sanction he did not put together even though it's between a man and a woman and we're going to get to that later on but anyway we have to look at god's word when it comes to marriage and so for some reason and i'm about to say what i think is the reason i've always taken like marriage very seriously like growing up like growing up i was like in my heart like i was like I'm going to marry somebody that is saved. Like, I'm not just going to get married to marry. And so my life, it was, it was a spiral. It has been a spiral where, you know, now I have three beautiful children, uh, 20, 17, and 15. And so um, it's been, it's, it's been where I've been a single mom. And a lot of people be like, well, you know, you can't talk because you ain't married, whatever. Uh, God gave Paul, you know, a ministry and he was not married. Excuse me, y'all. Huh? Okay. Sorry, y'all, for the pause, but... Uh, God gave Paul a ministry. He spoke to the married people about marriage, even though he wasn't married. So my angle on this is to prepare us singles uh, to know what we're getting ourselves into. And again, to know what, um, why 
why we should get married, what we should be looking forward to in marriage. And so anyway, like I disobeyed God and that hurts my heart so bad. I disobeyed God and, you know, I went out, you know, of the will of God, but I never got married because it was like I knew and I believed in my heart, according to the holy word, that once you get married, it's to death do you part. And so while I was with this young man, it's like, wait a minute, he don't display the qualities of a holy man. He don't display the qualities that's necessary to be a husband, you know. And so I should have been looking at that and being like, no, I don't need to talk to him. But a lot of times the devil and ourself, um, food, we, we get food and be like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying the pleasures of sin. And that I did. And I I had um, three beautiful children and sin is wrong. But sometimes sin feels good, which is bad. You know, sin feels good, but it's still bad for you because now I'm raising my children by myself without a husband and I see like how that that affected me and my children so I do not suggest that anyone be a single mom don't go out here and do things on your own uh it's best that you are raising your children with a holy ghost filled man um and your holy ghost filled that is the best environment that God want us to raise our children in and so it do hurt my heart and so yes um, God had forgiven me, um, but I had to raise my children for years alone. But I know that God, God still, God has redeemed me and he has a plan for me and I will get married. Glory to God. And so anyway, marriage is important. And I've seen my parents, they've been married for over 40 years, over 40 years. And I've seen how the husband work. I've seen how the wife work. I see just what it is like how a holy man looking at all men are not the same, but certain qualities and characteristics is evident in all holy men of God. And so I watch how my dad treated my mom, how my mom treated my dad. And so it's, it's godly characteristics that is the same in all godly women. Yes, they have their own personalities, but it's some characteristics that we all should have. My mother had those qualities and she she done the, she is doing the wife role great she did the mother role great and so i'm looking like okay well this is they are living the word they're living what is found in scripture and so that's what really motivated me to like not ever to get married to someone that i seen that didn't display godly characteristics and it 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 just the word i was very convicted by the word saying that hey marriage is to death do you part like we don't in holiness we don't believe in getting divorced and remarried and it's a reason for that because marriage is a model of god's relationship with the church a model of god's relationship with the church and so it's several scriptures it's several scriptures that tell to tell you that hey you got to stay together with this man you have to stay together with this woman or you're going to be in adultery if you get remarried. And so it's a reason for this because we are, the marriage is styled as Christ's relationship with the church. It's a model of God's relationship with the church. So uh, I'm going to read in Hebrews. Marriage is honorable in all. So marriage is to be held in honor among all. That does not mean that you can get married to 
uh, if you're a man or man, if a woman or no, marriage is to be honored. And when we talk about marriage, I gave y'all the definition. It's a legal binding uh, covenant between a man, a woman, and God. So when I talk about marriage, I need y'all to keep that in your head. So marriage is to be honored. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Hebrews 13 and 4. And so, listen. This is saying that, you know what? If you having sex and you're not married, your bed is defiled. If you're in a car having sex, that's your bed. It's defiled. Wherever you at. Wherever you at. It's defiled if you're not married. Okay? whoremongers and adulterers god will judge so that's that's it you out a man having sex with women or one woman a woman having sex with men it god gonna judge you you are a adulterer if you're married and you having sex with somebody that's not your spouse you are a adulterer if you got married a second time because you having sex with somebody that's not your spouse under god's law so you an adulterer and you will be judged. And so that's why I was like, ain't no way I got the marriage right. And then you have these self-righteous religious folk be like, you already had three children by him. You might as well go ahead and get married to him. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie because marriage is to death. Do you part? And I never want, I didn't want to get married to him knowing that I already see how he is right now. And so how he is right now is only going to get worse when we tie the knot to marriage because now he got me. And so, no. Like, mm-mm. So you, <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. And I don't want to be felt where I can never get married again until this man die. Who wants, that's a miserable life to be living with a, living with your spouse, waiting for him to die and hoping that he dies so you can get married. That's not God's will for our life. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting married to him because this is the death do me part. And I know this is not my husband. I just allowed the devil to just keep tricking me and kept allowing just the pleasures of sin to keep me in that same spiral, that same spiral, instead of instead of giving my heart to God, which in which I did. Now, now my again, my baby's fifteen years old. So, mm -mm. I thank God that I gave my life to God and recognized that at a young age. And I thank God for my upbringing and holiness according to the Holy Scriptures. Because watching again, watching my parents live live the Scriptures persuaded me. That, A, marriage is a lovely thing and you should enjoy your spouse. Not saying that everything, like y'all going to see eye to eye on everything. That does not mean that. But we know how to talk to each other. We know how to communicate. We know how to not say like, oh, no, forget you. I'm leaving you. No, we work things out. We, we communicate without cursing each other out, without physically fighting. We work things out. And so anyway, I was convinced of, you know, this, that marriage is honorable and it is. And so the bed is undefiled. And I was like, even though, you know, I, I committed the sin of fornication, I repented for that. But I'm dare not going to join forces with someone that I know is not my husband, that I know does not live in a godly life, because again, I can't get remarried if he is still living. So that's why I was like, no. And that's why I never married him. I never got married because I always esteem marriage high. 
Like this is this is the goal. This is God's will. And it can't just be with anybody. It needs to be with who God is approving for my life. And I knew he wasn't approving um, that for my life. But I get again caught in that stronghold. But I thank God, glory to God, that he delivered me and he set me free. So anyway, marriage is honorable and all and the bed is undefiled. Have all the sex you want in marriage. Glory to God. Marriage is undefiled. I meant the bed, excuse me. The bed is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God would judge. So that's, <laughs> listen, I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want to be in that situation. So I was like, uh-uh, I'm going to be very careful and prayerful about who I marry. Glory to God. That's in Matthew, uh, Hebrews 13 and 4. Marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Hebrews 13 and 4. Okay, so we need to hold marriage up as being honorable because it is. And I'm about to tell y'all what's not honorable. And I, I just briefly went over that. What's not honorable is you shacking. Now, some people don't understand what shacking means because now people just think this is the norm. So I'm going to say cohabitation. You may know what that means. And so that's not honorable to God. When we have a person, a boyfriend, a fiance that we are living with, we're engaging in sexual relations with, that's not honorable. And see, the devil, he tried it on me. He tried, I just told y'all he tried it on me. It's like, just be comfortable. Hey, this is your children's father. Y'all had three children together. Okay, yeah. So he, I was, I never had in my mind that I was going to marry him unless, you know, he uh, got saved and started living for Christ. But at the present moment, I was like, no, I'm not going to marry him. But then the devil tried to make me comfortable. Like, oh, y'all got three children together. You know, y'all can pay bills together. Y'all can do all of this together. And then... God was like, keep convicting me like, this is not my will for your life. And he would never make me comfortable because I didn't like how he was treating me. So I, was, I wasn't I was comfortable in this relationship. And I was like, this is not right. No, and God kept waking me up like, hey, you are my child. You are a child of the king. You belong to me. You need to get out of this relationship. This is not who I have for you. So it is not honorable when we are cohabiting with someone that we are not married to. We are having sex with somebody we are not married to. That is not honorable. And so the devil will convince you that this is okay. You only having sex with him. This is your only partner. He will convince you. He tried to convince me. I was listening and then I was becoming comfortable. But then uh, every time I would go in the church building, I would get stirred up like this is wrong. Then God would talk to me in my spirit when I was at the house. This is wrong. You got to come out of this. Daughter, I love you. I care for you. I have better for you. So anyway, the devil would try to trick you and get you comfortable and sell it for something. Like I had said in another one of my podcasts, men will get a license, a driver's license. Men will get a license to hunt. Men will get different licenses, drive a truck. But you don't think they need a license to have sex with you? You don't think they have a license to spend your time, spend time with you? The devil is a lie. I'm more valuable than a driver's license and a hunting license and a gun license. I'm more valuable than that. My price is far above rubies. And if you don't think I'm worth that, then bye-bye. You know, no, we have no conversation to be had. Because I am worth, my price is far above rubies because I am a virtuous woman. And so you don't settle for that type of relationship. But the devil and your flesh will get start to get comfortable with that when it's dishonorable to God. So we don't want to do that.
Number two, he will convince you that same-sex marriages is okay when God don't even recognize same-sex marriage. Like, that's not a thing because marriage to God is between a man, a woman, and God. That's marriage to God is a covenant between man, woman, and God. So he will convince you that it's okay to unite sexually and in marriage, which is by the world's law, but it's not God's law. It is it is a sin against God for you to come together because it's actually fornication. You you I mean it's it's sexual immorality because you're not married. You're just having sex with another man. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you're having sex with another woman, but God don't see that as a marriage a marriage union. And so the thing that gets me is why would you want to do that? Because see, what I've been seeing is when two men get married, you got one that's acting kind of feminine. But then you got one that's acting like a manly man. See, this is how this is how perverted. This is this is just how unnatural. This is just how crazy this is. When you can have you a real woman, you rather have a man that's acting like a woman. See, this is how the devil deceive a person. You can have a real thing. I mean a bona fide woman. I mean everything. Everything working correctly and beautiful. But yet you rather settle for a rusty man, a hard man, that look and have feminine qualities. It's confusion, it's deception, and it's ridiculous. You need to turn to God if you hear me on today. God is not honoring whatever you did in front of a judge because his laws say marriage is between a man, a woman, and him. That's it. That's all. Not two men, not two women. But he'll try to convince you of that. Even women, women, two women get married. You will see one woman that's like really, oh, she just like she dress herself up. She look very feminine. And then the other woman, she look masculine. She talk deep. She got the pants like baggy or whatever. Like she just really look, her shirt is baggy. Her breast is tied down. If she haven't got a sex, you know, try to change her sex because you can never change your sex. You can get it tucked in, pulled out, whatever. You still a man. You still a woman. But anyway, you. this is confusion. When woman, you can have you a bona fide man with everything working together and looking fine. Why would you want to settle for that? That's crazy. So we're going to go on, y'all. But listen, y'all. We got to come out of this confusion and stop being confused by the devil because all men, like, listen, I I know women, y'all looking, you should be trying to look for you a husband, wait till God send them, but you can see that there's a lot of men, first of all, you got a lot of men in the church building, that's hypocrites, they go to church, but they don't live a life outside of church, Ugh, that, that attracts a lot of men. Then you got men that like to live good, moral lives, but they have not submitted their lives to God. That's attracts a lot of men off the list. Then you got men that successful, you know, successful uh, in the business world, but they cheaters. They so prideful that they think they can have any woman they want to, so they cheaters. You, it's just so many different types. And so I'm like, I'm I'm just thanking God that he was like, Takiya, uh-uh, be still, know that I am God, that I don't have to be out here in this dating world because I'm not. No, don't got time for it because I can see you coming from a mile away. Nope.
Nope, nope. So I'm just saying, I just thank God for him revealing some things to me about my spouse so I don't have to be out here in this in these dating streets because, uh-uh, this dating pool is disgusting. Woo. And it will get, like, get to you, but you have to pray to God. Like, Lord, I know, like, God revealed to you that you're going to, I know you're going to send me my spouse. I know you're going to do that, and I'm going to stay in wife position. But don't settle, and we're going to go on. So that's the uh the next the next uh point is the devil will get you to take marriage lightly where you marry out of desperation so like i'm 39 but i'm not about to marry out of desperation me and god is good i'm i'm espoused to god me and god is good and i do not have to worry about a man completing me because I'm already complete in God. My husband is going to compliment me. And I'm going to compliment him. And so I'm good. I'm not going to marry out of desperation just because I'm 39 years old. But sometimes, like the devil would trick your mind or even your flesh. And you'll be like, you know what? I'm getting older. I don't have any children. Listen, I just, I'm tired of waiting. This man is treating me nice. But he don't have no, he not saved. He have been born again of the water and spirit. He not walking in holiness, but you ignore all of that and be like, you know what? I like what he's saying. He got a good job. He got this going for him. You know, he financially stable. He emotionally stable. He physically fine. He got all of this going for him. You know what? Forget the God part. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and marry him and I'm just going to see how this go. You know, you know, one day, you know, I make him get him to change over, you know, to being this man. First of all, you never marry a man wanting to change who he is. No, what you get, you get what you get. And so I, I'm like, I'm always like that. No, y'all, in my lifetime, I have taken on a lot of, uh, I mean, not a lot, not a lot, but I have taken on projects. And I was like, I'm not about to do that in marriage. And what I say that is I see the toxic traits. But I choose to ignore, be like, oh, I can fix him, I can help him. That was in my younger life. Now it's like, no, because if a man don't want to be saved, don't save him. He don't want to be saved, okay? And so if he don't want to be saved, you got to let that go and you have to pray for him. So I'm like, no. Now, we are the man's help me in marriage. We are there to help them in their purpose. When they recognize this is their purpose, you got to help them in that. But you can't create a whole new different man. He have to want to be a man and walk upright before God, before you get married. That has to be his desire, and you have to see him doing it. You have to see evidence of him walking upright before you, and then you have to talk to God and say, Lord, if he's trying to pull a wall over my eyes, help me to see it. Reveal this to me, and then when he reveals, when God reveals it to you, you can't ignore it. You got to say, Lord, help me. Help me to step back from this, Lord. So you can do the healing. So you can do the work in his life. Glory to God. And so we're going to go on. So you don't get married out of desperation. You don't get married because you want companionship. You tired of being alone. No. If you call yourself saved, then your alone time should be getting spent with God. Your alone time should be used caring for the things of the Lord. If you have children like me, your alone time, you should be caring for your kids, your children. You should be spending time and more and more time with God, building yourself up in him, building up the natural part of your life so you'll be ready, so you'll be in, stay in wife status because I'm already a wife. My husband just have not came to claim me yet. 
then I'll be his wife. But I'm already a wife. I'm already in a position as a wife. And so this is how we have to think of these things. And so I find pleasure in God. And when those times when I feel alone, Lord, help me. And then I have family that I can spend time with. And if I, if you don't, then you better be talking to God, get involved in some organizations that's Christ-like where you can have community, but they're not settled because of companionship and because of desperation, because you want to have sex, because now you think the sex is legal. Listen, sex is a portion of marriage. What are you going to do when your spouse gets sick? What are you going to do if you marry a minister and he have to go off on revivals? Listen, you got to get your body under subjection now. Glory to God. So we're going to go on settling in unequally yoked relationships. That's another point. I already kind of hit on that. It's like you be like, well, there's no man in the church that's saved, that's living for Christ. And so at least he's a good, he's a good man. But there's only one good and that's Christ. And if you don't have Christ, he is not good. And so I'm like, mm -mm, you don't settle because you don't see because, hey, I'm in a church and there's no prospects for me. Majority of all the men in my church is married. So it's no prospects for me in my church, but I know, like, I'm knowing that God will send. He is my husband. He's coming. He's going to send my husband from another place to join forces with me. And I'm going to join forces with him. So I'm not going to settle for what's available outside of the church that makes no sense because i love god i love god and i love how god treats me and so i want a husband that's going to treat me like god i didn't say he's going to be perfect but he's going to treat me like god because again marriage is god's relationship a model of god's relationship with the church and the husband represents like is a mirror of how god is with the church so I love how God treated me. So I am willing to wait on my godly spouse. We're going to go on. Um, so don't let the devil trick you to settle for an unequally yoked relationship, which means you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you settle for someone that is not saved and sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's not God's will for your life. That's not God's will for your life. And let me read the scripture because some people think I just be talking. Um, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship have right. Let me say that again. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion have light with darkness and what concord had Christ with Belial or what part have he that believeth with the infidel? Like how you got a part in somebody? Like, I don't even understand it. How would you even want to be connected with an unbeliever? You believe in Christ. And I'm not talking about you just believe that Christ is here. He was born. He's raised. No, 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 no. You believe in Christ to the saving of your soul. And this boy, don't. This man, excuse me, this man, don't. How you have any part in that? I'll be angry. I'll be frustrated. And y'all, let me tell y'all. I have... I don't say this as bread because it hurts my heart every time I have to say this. But I had backed it away from the church. And my church father was not saved. I was aggravated. I was annoyed like most days. Okay. Most days I was aggravated. I was annoyed because he didn't, he didn't want to come to church. He didn't want to be saved. Like he didn't want to do Christian things because he wasn't saved. And I was annoyed and I was aggravated. So I'm just trying to figure out if you say you say, because if you talking about you full of the Holy Ghost, 
How you have any part with an unbeliever and you're okay with it? That's a problem. Because I was irritated. I was aggravated. I was so irritated. Every time I seen him doing ungodly stuff, I ain't going to put him out there like that. But the ungodly stuff that I would see him doing, I'd be so I'm like, you need to stop doing that. Like, that ain't even right. It's not even right what you're doing. But it wasn't right for me to be uh, having sexual relations, <laughs> sexual relations with him. And this was in, when I was in my backslidden state. That wasn't right either. So he probably was looking at me like, what? <laughs> so it's like, listen, sin is sin. <laughs> So, but anyway, I was getting aggravated with him because he wasn't the man that he needed to be. And I should be aggravated myself because I wasn't the woman I needed to be. And God woke me up to that fact. I wasn't the woman I needed to be. And I thank God, hallelujah, for bringing me out of that relationship. Glory to God. 15 years later. Thank you, Lord. But anyway, what part for or what part have he that believeth with the infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God, as God have said, I will dwell in them. Here we go. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. My phone, my phone, my phone. But as it said. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out. So you have a relationship, a covenant relationship with somebody that you are uh, unbeliever and you're a believer, and God is saying, come out? That's disobedience to the word of God. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Like, don't join in union. Don't join in covenant relationship. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, say the Lord Almighty. So you're not acting like a daughter of God when you're joining forces with an unbeliever. You're not. The Bible already said it. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. So we either going to live this word or we're not. And so why this is so heavy on my heart is because our homes make up the church. We only can be as powerful as our homes are collectively. So God just was been dealing with me for years and years about this. And this is why I've been in wife status for years. and was like, I'm not going to join with nobody that God saying that is not my spouse. I'm not going to waste time with getting a close knit friendship with somebody that God said is not my spouse. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait on the Lord. And I thank God for again, how he revealed things to me in the spirit. And I was like, yes, Lord, I will wait. I will let you do the working. I will let you do the working. And you just lead me and guide me on what you want me to do, what you want me to say, how you want me to say. Because it's just so beautiful how, how God has prepared you for a person. It's so beautiful. Because what's in you, that person, your spouse needs what's in you to grow, to reach his full potential in Christ and in his purpose. And so it's so beautiful. And marriage is just so beautiful, no matter how many broken toxic relationship marriages that i see i see my parents and it's so beautiful they have a beautiful godly marriage and it's just 
that's why I'm fully convinced that marriage works, that marriage is beautiful, that marriage was God's idea. And we got to represent marriage in the earth like God wanted us to because, again, marriage is a model of God's relationship with the church. Okay, so we are going to go on. Now, now it's saying another point is the devil will try to get you to read divorce and remarriage as acceptable and divorce and remarriage is unacceptable um because a lot of times people are doing this because first of all they married someone that god told them not to marry or they didn't seek god for their spouse they just married so now you're like ah i want to get a divorce and then you get the divorce and then you get remarried you think god is okay with it he's not the Bible is against divorce and remarriage. There's several scriptures about that. And you can look that up for yourself in the New Testament. Because people are like, that was old New Testament scriptures. Talk about divorce and remarriage. Okay. So God wants us to work through it. I mentioned that about working through it and being committed to each other. Because God is committed to his church. God is committed to us. So being committed to each other and the vows that you said before God, because I hear these vows being said and I'm like, I take that to heart and I'm going to be in marriage for the long haul, for the long haul. And they're like, you just saying that. No, I actually mean it. Cause first of all, wait, y'all sorry for the pause. Okay, keep going in and out. But yes, I'm going to be in marriage for the long haul. I'm not just saying it. I believe in marriage. I believe in godly marriage. And I do not believe in divorce and remarriage. Glory to God. Now, now if you didn't marry your spouse, marriage, Lord Jesus, I'm not going to get into divorce and remarriage. But just know, generally, divorce and remarriage, God is... That's not God's idea for his children. And so, and it's biblical. So check your Bible out on that. Um, just because I just want to re reiterate this, just because you see religious people doing it and it's popular because I know of three people, three church churches that's in the limelight of some pastors that got remarried and God is against that according to the holy scriptures so it's like i don't care what you see happening in a church building don't take your example off of people that are going against scriptures see my example is in the holy word i follow my parents as they follow christ i follow my pastor as he followed christ but when he deviated from the scriptures that's when i got the back up because god is his word and so no matter what you see happening in the religious world, you better check what's happening with the word of God and make sure it's lining up. And this mess is a mess. One of the pastors that even said that he took a long time to get remarried, like he was taking his time because he read in the word. He was reading in the word about divorce and remarriage. So now he convinced himself that it's true. And now he didn't got remarried. So I'm telling y'all, it's wrong. It's wrong according to the Holy Scriptures. Obey God. 
seek God for your spouse, and then you don't even have to worry about no divorce and remarriage. Not saying everything is going to go, because you're going to go through different situations, but you took that vow before God. You took that vow before your family. You took that vow before everybody, your own spouse. So you got to be committed to what you said you was going to do. Anyway, let's go on. Okay, I'm sorry. You took them vows. So you got to be committed. You took the vows before God and your spouse. Again, if you cut off on it. Back. So you have to be committed and follow through. And so it's so similar to Christ's relationship with church. And that's why I'm saying, like, when you see a man that's committed to his relationship with God, no matter what comes, no matter who goes, no matter what happens, that is a good indicator that he'll be committed to you. And this is why I was very convinced not to get married to someone that was not saved. Because if a man is not committed to God, what says, what's keeping him from being committed to me? See, when a man's committed to God, he has a higher law. He has a higher power. And he know, like, wait, mm-mm, this is against God. I cannot sin against God. Let that, if that's the only motivation he have, let that be the motivation. He'd be like, no, I can't sin against God. I can't go against God's law. I'm the man. I'm the example, and I got to I got to uphold. I have to uphold my relationship with God. I have to uphold my vow with my wife, and so that's why you need to marry you a kingdom of God man. I need to marry a kingdom of God man. We gonna go on, y'all. I'm so sorry for all the interruptions. One day this signal's gonna get right. Anyway, so um, we gonna go on now. God's idea or a model of God's relationship with the church. The positive side of this is two are better than one. And that's why I'm like, marriage is so beautiful. Marriage is so beautiful. Two are better than one. We can work in God's kingdom together. We can get more things done together. We can tear down de the devil's agenda together. See, the Satan can't stand when a, a husband and wife is on one accord. And see, I can't get, I'm not going to get deep into marital relationships i'm just going to tell you how like how it's better to be married than to be saying that i can do this alone but yet you still having multiple partners i can do this alone but you keep having boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend no you just don't want to be submitted but we're gonna go on uh or you might have issues relationship issues but god's plan is marriage not you having a friendly friend friend not you having a uh sneaky links and all this mess no god's god's idea god's plan is for marriage glory to god now okay so we're working together two are better world we're working together in god's kingdom we, we we destroying the devil's agenda then if you are to have children you have children you're example to your children and i just love this part because when I begin to study this and think about it, like the father is like uh it's an illustration of our godly father, which is in heaven. Our God, our God, that's our father that's in heaven. And so I felt that love from my father. That is why it's like so important that it's two your your husband and the wife is in a home raising the children. And it's like if we can 
get this into the minds of our singles and the minds of our young people, then they won't be out here just screwing around with any boy that they can. They'll value their body. They'll value their selves and just be like, no, at first I love God. And then, you know, I love myself. And you know what? If a man was, then if it's God's will, I will get married. And so, and then he have to mirror the relationship with me and God. And so I just thank God for how my dad did and still do mirror the relationship that I have with my heavenly father. And so you, me as his daughter, I got validation from him. Takia, you look beautiful today. Or Takia, you are so smart. You are so intelligent. And then he would show up like at my uh, school events or any type of events that I deemed that was important that I invited him. He celebrated my birthday and just different things that my dad did to show like that I was important. So I didn't, I didn't need another man telling me that I was beautiful because I already knew it from my natural father and my heavenly father. And so that's why it's very important that girls like grow up with their father because a lot of times they are closer to their father than a mother a lot of times. And so, but it's, it's important for them to feel the love of their father because a lot of times women don't feel the love. They don't have the father in the home. And so they don't know what a counterfeit is. They can't recognize that, hey, this man don't love you. He just lusting after you. He just wants you for your body. And so I knew that my, my father loved me just because of who I was. Like, I'm his child. He loved me because of that. And then he would support me. And he would encourage me. And he would always be there for me. Like, he would sacrifice things that he could get for himself. But for me, to make sure that, you know, that me as well as my other siblings, that we went on vacations, that we... Uh, look nice and dressing in apparel and just, you know, all of these things. He made sure I watched how he took care of my mom through sickness. I watched how he made sure that my mom had the finer things in life, that she looked nice, that she got some of the things that she wanted. Like he sacrificed. He, he sacrificed. Sometimes he had to work several jobs to make sure that his family was provided for. He had to cut back on spending on his clothes or shoes to make sure we had adequate clothes and shoes and different things that we went places that we wanted to enjoy. And it was a, like he didn't see this. He didn't show it to us. But so he I didn't see him viewing this as a burden. Like he had a smile on his face. It like it was a joy for him to do that. But now, like you have men out here and it's, it's like all about them what can you do for me like really like yes we as a wife again we're there help me we're there that that's our job but it's it's a lot it's a lot of selfish men out here and it's all about them and see and they're like they want to get married but no you don't because you're selfish and you have not crucified like yourself i'm not saying talk down on yourself but you have to know that marriage is about sacrifice and it's about giving and it's about caring some, about for somebody other than yourself, whether or not you get that reciprocated. Because our Heavenly Father, Christ, he gave his life for us at, while we was yet sinners and could not give back to him. This is why this is deep. This is why this is a great mystery. Because look what Christ, look, 
everybody can't understand this. If you ain't say Saint Father with the Holy Ghost, you probably it's probably going over your head. But I know that this kind of man still exists. And I just thank God for how my father just showed an example of how to be a holy man. And all homes are not the same, but again, some holy characteristics are to be the same in all men. Okay. Like they all should have the characteristics of a husband. Now, okay, we're going to go on. So, um, she didn't have to work to try to impress her dad. Like this is a daughter, like don't have to work to try to impress him. Um, I knew that my dad loved me, like whether or not I got A's on my report card, B's, or D's. Now, he always pushed me to be the best, pushed me to be excellent. But even if I didn't excel in school, I knew that he always loved me. I knew even when I disobeyed what he told me to do. Oh, I got disciplined for it because a father disciplined their children. But I still knew that he loved me. And that is so important. Um, so the father is in a home. Uh, and showing acceptance of her um he's there like i always knew that he was my protection i always knew that that he was my protection i always knew that he would provide for me i always knew that like i always like i didn't have to worry about where the food was coming from uh clothes like I said clothes and shoes i always knew that my dad would provide these things for me and so that is why this is just so important that um your, your marriage model God's relationship with the church because it affects the children. And so it's a lot of single, like I'm a single parent home and I see, I see the effects that it have had on my children. So that's why I'm an advocate for marriage. I'm an advocate for marriage. And so, um, so the father is there to teach, teach, train the children up in the ways of holiness, teach by what he says according to the Holy Scriptures and by the lifestyle that he lives according to Holy Scriptures. He's there to provide discipline. And so it's a beautiful thing because I can see the qualities of my dad mirroring the qualities of my God, which is in heaven. And that's what you want. Okay, so the mom, the mom. So that's why you also need the, the woman as the, the wife in the home because the mom is mirroring the godly example of a woman. How the mom is submitted to God. And I seen also my dad being submitted to God because he obeyed the word um, of God. I seen, I seen that and I seen how my mother was submitted to God and also submitted to my father. When he said that this is what we're going to do in this family, <laughs> this is what my mom obeyed and did. So I can understand what the scripture is like. I think it was Sarah, Sarah called Abraham Lord. I can understand that. And so anyway, when my father would lay down the law in our home, this is what we went by. And she made sure, again, she made sure the children went by. So she was submissive to her husband. She loved her husband. She honored her husband. I never seen my mom like deliberately like embarrassed or bring my dad down. Uh, in front of people or talk down on my dad. No, never. Under submission, she came under his authority. And so why was it easier for her to do that? Because she was submitted to God before she was submitted to him. So the, the, the flow got the work and he submitted to God. So that, that is what makes the marital relationship work even better. And I'm not going to get into those things because I'm not married, but I know what the scriptures say. And that's what we got to abide by. And singles, y'all got to know this up front. Okay, 
So she taught us how to be confident in God and who he has made us to be. Always be yourself and let your beauty radiate from the inside out. I'm still talking about marriage because the two is in a home working together. My mom is showing me how to let my beauty radiate from the outside, from the inside out, how to be myself, how to dress, how to talk, how to live, how to conduct myself as a young, holy woman of God. They both was teaching us adult living skills, financial skills, social skills, um, and they stress being a lifetime learner. So me watching their relationship and then watching how they treat me convinced me that marriage is of God and I shouldn't take it lightly and I shouldn't just marry anyone for the fact of marrying them, but marry someone that is in the will of God because then there will be harmony in the home. Glory to God. We're going to go on. And most of all, they introduced us to Christ. And I thank God for that because we as parents, it's not going to be with our children forever. And then one day we might die. And so that's why I thank God for them collectively partnering, introducing me to Christ and how to fear the Lord and what, what it looks like for when a godly man fears God. That, that might be a double, but however, when you say you're godly, it's going to show that you fear God, which means you respect him and you honor him with your life by obeying his word. I thank the Lord for my dad for doing it. I thank my mom for showing me that example and, and, and introducing us to God. And now I have a relationship with God for myself. So it is so important to value this because that's why so many young people are going astray because it's single parent families. They don't have the love of both parents in the home. And God never wanted this to be so. But the devil is steady trying to boost up single parent homes, cohabitation, all of this stuff. But God, marriage is a model of God's relationship with the church. And church, he wants us to push this. Push kingdom marriages. Because I'm going to push it. And one day, one day soon, y'all going to see me in a kingdom marriage in the name of jesus christ because i take this serious i take this so serious of us of us raising our children in holiness of a man and a woman working together in marriage it is so beautiful it is so i love how my parents work together somebody people be like she's the yin to my yang well he's the yin to my yang i'm definitely not gonna be saying she he the yin to my yin. It's <laughs> how they be saying it. But however, I'm just looking forward to my husband complimenting me because it's so beautiful how my dad compliments my mom. My mom compliments my dad. It's like, like whatever he is weak in, she is strong. And whatever she is strong in, he is weak in. And, and, and it's just so lovely. Like, And then when I say weak, I mean, that's not like some, one of his, you know, one of his traits that he have that, that, you know, so don't get it twisted. They are both strong in the Lord. I'm saying like one might be the best at cooking and one is okay at cooking. So it's like, okay, we're going to make this work. We're going to make this work. But I thank God for how they work together. Like my dad cleans the house. My dad cooks. Like he do all of these things. My mother, of course, she's doing her wifely role of cooking and cleaning. But what I'm saying, he's there helping her cooking and cleaning. 
and he was there taking care of us as well. Like it was a dual role. Even and he worked hard when we was young. He worked hard. But a lot of times he would come in and be like, uh, honey, let me take this off of you. Because a lot of men don't think it's it's a job to take care of children all day long. Oh, it's a job. I mean, you taking care of children all day long, make sure the house is clean, making sure, you know, the food is ready when he get home and all this. That's, that is a job. And so anyway, I thank God for even when he came home off bus trips and things like that, he would take us out and just leave her at home. That's a real man that cares and that feels his wife. And so I, I seen all of this. And again, uh, when I say all of them the same, like you might have two incomes coming in, both both working, one may be working, but you need to make it work and you need to be compassionate and you need to be caring about each other. And I was like, this is so beautiful. I just love it. My parents, like they are a model godly couple. couple. They are a model kingdom marriage. So anyway, we're going to go on to the part where how God styled the church as a model of God's relationship with the church is found in Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. It say, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. So it don't make no sense if you submit yourself to the pastor, but not your own husband. Mm. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. This is what God wants us to do. For the husband is the head of the wife. The husband is the head of the wife. This is order. Even as Christ is the head of the church. It's comparing it. So that's why I take this serious. If a woman, if you woman is not to make yourself and have Christ as your head, it's going to be hard for you to recognize the husband as your head. So I just thank God for him. I just thank God for having me like in a, in this white position where I, where I honor God as my head. And so I can understand the order as the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to see how it's comparing. So as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything, in everything. And so that's why I was like, I grew up in this way. And I knew that, wait a minute, y'all, give me a moment. I was like, wait a minute. If I got to be subject to my husband and everything, then he gonna have to be saved. Cause I don't trust his judgment. If he not talking to God and he he not uh communing, excuse me, he I have to charge the phone. He's not communing with God. He not getting instruction from God. I can't trust what he say. And so anyway, see it says, therefore as a, as a church is subject unto Christ. So let the wives be to their husbands in everything. And that's how I'm going to be to my husband. Subject to him in everything because I know that he is subject to Christ. So I don't have nothing to worry about. Because if he being... If he being led by God, then I know he's going to lead me in the right way. So I can be easily subject to him. So therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. This is the word of God, women. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So my husband is going to be self-sacrificing. Only a man of God can understand this. Only a man that is born again of the water and the spirit and walking in holiness and is a part of the church can understand this. So that's, ladies, it's worth the wait. I'm telling you. All right. So it says... 
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, So, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So God is washing his church with the word, and he compares it to the husband. So how your husband going to wash you with the word? He don't even know the word. He not even living the word. So that's why I'm saying I'm fully convinced that I need to marry a Holy Ghost-filled man walking in holiness that's a part of the church. He knows the word, so he can wash me with the word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is a beautiful thing. Y'all, this is so beautiful. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. So your husband... It's going to love you like you are his own because you are. Y'all have become one. Y'all have become one. So he's going to love you as his own. And he's going to nourish you and cherish you. And I looked up. This is why I'm so excited about my soon-to-come kingdom marriage. Anyway, he's going to nourish you. It says to sustain with food or nourishment. Supply with what is necessary for life, health, and growth. So a man is your provider. Mm-hmm. Okay, nourish, to sustain with food. So he got to sustain you. So I'm like, if God is sustaining me now, surely I, I'm going to marry a man that's going to sustain me in the natural, with food. Okay, to sustain with food or nutriment. Supply with what is necessary. Listen, ladies. Supply with what is necessary for life, health, and growth. If your husband, your future husband can't do that, you shouldn't be getting married to him. He's supposed to be able to supply you with what is necessary for life, health, and growth. Thank God. I, that's why I'm telling y'all, I can brag on my dad because he did all this for my mom and us. But that she the wife. So anyway, I can see he did all of that. I witnessed that. So anyway, the Bible say for them to nourish us. This is what the Bible say for the man to do. Nourish us. All right. And then he's supposed to nourish and cherish us. Cherish is to treat with tenderness and affection, to nurture with care, to protect and aid, to give ease or comfort to, like I told y'all, my, how my dad was doing my mom, giving ease to her, to give ease or comfort to, to hold dear, to embrace with interest, like they gotta hold you dear, like... I seen my dad do this to my mom. He still does it to embrace with interest, to indulge, to encourage, to foster, to promote, to treat in a manner to encourage growth by protection. The husband is your protection by protection. A attendance. He needs to be there for you. Now, I know he have to work, but sometimes he have to make time for you because he's your wife. That is cherishing you. In the name of the Lord. Sorry, y'all, for all the interruptions. But anyway, that is cherishing you, y'all. Cherishing by protection. A, attendance, being there for you. Supplying nourishment, that's cherishing too. So when you cherish them, like you hold it dear. You're there to protect. You're there to provide. Do I said that about nourishment. 
to give ease and comfort to your wife. I seen my dad do this. He is so compassionate. He is so comforted. I seen her do, seen him do this to my mother. Y'all, it is godly men out there. You have to be willing to wait and st stay in the wife position. So God is doing this to us now. So why would you settle for a man that's unable to do this? Ugh. Oh, Lord, he's going to encourage you. He's going to sustain you with food. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide. He's going to supply what is necessary for life, health, and growth. I'm, I'm repeating myself because this is so important. Supply what is necessary for life, health, and growth. This is not too much to ask for. This is what the words say. And there's some godly men out here that is doing this. To their wives. So don't you dare settle because it's still some men godly men that has this mindset so it says uh for no man ever yet hated his own flesh but nourished and cherished it even as the lord of the church the god is doing this for me now so that's why i'm like i'm so content with god until he sent my godly spouse that's going to do the same for me God is my heavenly father, but then he's going to bless me with a godly spouse that's going to take care of me just as he taking care of me. Not like, not the exact same because he is God. I don't expect my husband to be God, but I expect him to nourish and cherish me like the Bible say. Okay, so even as the Lord of the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh, one flesh, one body. That's why he should want to cherish and nourish you. You are his. You are his. This is a great. So when he take care of you, he taking care of himself. And men could see this. When he take care of you, he take care of himself because y'all are one. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband respect like i was saying i see my mother respect and i got that in my heart like i'm gonna respect my husband this is mine he is mine he is my husband he he is over me i i got to submit to him i honor him because he's mine you know way i wait this long not that oh no 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 honor and respect glory to god respect his decisions respect his opinion respect the law he have laid down in your house glory to god because guess what he is honoring god he is submitted to god so yeah i respect what he got to say because he respecting god i can't hold up with how somebody say if it's it's worldly it's carnal it's devilish but when your man when your man your godly spouse is respecting God and he's submitting to God, you got to respect that man. Woo, glory. That's attractive. Because he's walking in kingdom authority. You're like, oh, yes, I will do what you say. Mm -hmm. So let's go on. Uh, so, y'all, it's very important that we understand how Christ have loved the church. He said, I mentioned about him self-sacrificing because, you know, he died for our sins. Uh, he is our bread of life. So he is our nourishment. And so that's our spouse still supposed to nourish us. He's our comforter. John 14 and 16. So I, just the same way that our spouse is supposed to comfort us. Because again, marriage is styled as a model of God's relationship with the church. So 
He's our com our God is our comforter. Our husband's supposed to also comfort us. God cares about us. First Peter five and seven. So again, he's supposed to care. Our husband's supposed to care about us. And he loves us. He loves us. So our husband is supposed to love us. John 3 16. So again, he's gonna cherish us, he's gonna nourish us, he's gonna self-sacrifice, he's going to offer us bread. That's nourishment. He's going to comfort us. He's going to care for us. He's going to love us. Check out 1 Corinthians 13 about love. Charity is what is the same thing as love. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fail. So if you say you love somebody, you never, you don't leave them. You don't give up on loving them. You don't stop what I'm saying. You don't stop loving them. Never stop loving them. No matter what they do, never stop loving them. Charity never faileth. That's love. But whether there be property, prophecies they shall fail that's why i'm saying all these prophecy all this tongue talking all this stuff that's gonna fail do you love me do you love me for me but where for there be prophecy they shall fail whether there be tongues they shall cease whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but that but when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away and now about faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. The greatest is love. First Corinthians 13. The greatest is love. The greatest of faith, hope, and charity is charity, which is love. So we got to love. We got to love. We got to marry somebody that love God because love never fails. If they love God, they will love you. If they've been trained in the ways of holiness, trained how to be a husband, they will be a husband. They will be a godly husband to you. So you just make sure that that man love God more than he love you. That's my prayer, Lord. I want my husband to love you more than he loves me. Then I know I'm good. Okay, so I'm going to end it with this. Why, why do y'all think that God said don't be unequally yoked? And this is why I'm so adamant about this and god put this in me i know he did because god is raising up kingdom marriages and that's why women if you're safe sanctified and holy ghost your marriage is important to god don't think it's lightly because again marriage is a model of god's relationship with the church that's why you got to marry in the lord and so why 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 god say like why why is it such a big deal of us of, of us not marrying of, of, of us not marrying somebody that's an unbeliever. Why is this a big deal? We're going to go back to the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 7, 3-4, NLT. You must not intermarry with them. Do not let your daughters and sons marry their sons and daughters. For they will lead, listen, for they will lead your children away from me. For they will lead your children away from me to worship other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will burn against you. And he will quickly destroy you. And I know we live in a time of grace. But this is still, you got to get the concept of what God is saying here. They will lead your children away from me to worship other gods. And don't just think of Buddha. 
Because now people are worshiping themselves. They're worshiping money. They're worshiping popularity. They're worshiping their career. They're even worshiping other people. But they're not worshiping God. They're not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And God, we was created to glorify God. We was created for his purpose. So when you marry somebody that is not in the Lord, they're going to, they may, you know, they're going to encourage your child to get an education, you know, get a good job, uh, maybe be a good citizen. But they're not going to encourage your child to get their life to God which and live their life pleasing to God, to see God for his will for their life. They're not going to encourage your child to do that because they're not saying they so. Their mind is all making a good name for them in the world, but not having their name written in the book of life. Or that, that, they, they, they're not on uh, reaching, going, seeking eternal life. They're on worldly pleasures, the pride of life. So that's why you don't want to intermarry because, first of all, they may turn you. Because now you getting slack in your relationship with God. You, y'all, then you got kids that grow up that be like, you know what? I see daddy not doing this. Daddy don't go to church. Daddy not living for God. But you know what? Daddy is working. Daddy treat mama right. But that's not good enough if he's not Holy Ghost filled and walking in the precepts of God. <laughs> he's not pleasing to God. Because we have a hereafter. And if he's not training your children on how to get from here to heaven. He haven't done his job as a father. If he haven't introduced your child to a relationship with God. By what he say and his life. He haven't done his job as a father. God have him in a home to step in. To point. To mirror. His relationship as a father. To us. So. He's not doing a good job of being a father because he's not mirroring a relationship that we have with our heavenly father. God wants a relationship with us. God wants us to walk in his will for his life. God wants us to be holy and righteous. God wants us to seek him first and his righteousness so everything else will be added to us, not the other way around, not you live your life. And then when you old, busted, and disgusted, then you come to Jesus like, now, Lord, I want you to save me. That ain't, that ain't God's will for our life. Now, he will save you, but that wasn't God's will. That's if you live to see an old age, because people dying young now. So, ain't no sense to say, I'm going to wait till I get grown. I'm going to wait until I, I get old. You might not even live to see old. You ain't get your life today. The day you hear his voice, hard, not your heart. Because God love you, God care. He wants the best for your life. Like, why would you not want to see God for your life? He know your ending at the beginning. He know your whole life story. So why not point your children to God? But but people living their own lives or whatever they want to do, that's not a real father. A real father is going to point his children to Christ so they can live an abundant life now and forever because eternity is longer than their little natural lives. Eternity is longer. If you want the best for your children, you will point them to a relationship with God where they'll make righteous decisions. Glory to God. So we're going to go on. So they would turn your children away from me to worship other gods. And it's happening. It's happening. And so that's why I was like, uh-uh, boy, you got to go. Because I got to train my kids up in a way of holiness. And then when they got, when my godly spouse come, he's going to be an example to them and me. And they're going to begin training up where they're going to be pointed to worship God in spirit and in truth. To continue to worship God in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. Now, Ezra, 9, 1 through 2. When these things had been done, the Jewish leaders came to me and said, Many of the people of Israel and even some of the priests and Levites 
have not kept themselves separate from the other people living in the land. They have taken up the, det the detestable practices of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. For the men of Israel have married women from these people. That's why I just be like, why men? Why men? Why are y'all settling for someone that's not saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking in holiness? Are you mesmerized by the booty? Are you mesmerized by the big breasts? What in the world? You mesmerized by all that trucking, ain't you? You mesmerized by all the tongue work. Oh my God. But you settling and she have no substance. She's not a woman of God. You can tell by the way she dressed. You can tell by the way she talked. Her life ain't submitted to God and you know this. But you rather settle for somebody for a moment, for moments of good pleasure, instead of somebody that can encourage you in your walk with God. Somebody that can encourage you in your purpose. Somebody that will make you be a greater man. Because we, again, we're your help me. We're here to help you be the greatest that you can be. We're your good thing. We're your favor. We add the fa favor to your life. But you'd rather settle for somebody that's only going to give you a good time, but that's not going to make, that. that's not going to help you or or help you to be the best godly man. Oh. But you're going to settle for somebody that ain't going to help you to be the best godly man that you can be. Bring out the best in you. And don't you understand when you got a godly virtuous woman, you got favor on your life? Now listen, beauty, outside beauty is important, but you need to make sure you got outside beauty and inner beauty. Women, same way muscles and, and good job and money that ain't enough you better make sure you got a godly man because he'll be out here cheating on you with somebody else with those muscles you better make sure you got a godly man that's gonna stay with you to death through you part through sickness through whatever through uh, uh disagreements he's still gonna be there for you with you supporting you encourage you and you doing the same for him i'm just talking to the women men on today mostly so no oh no i i am a help me and i know what my job is i'm just trying to say uh what a woman should look for in a man but anyway for the men of israel have married women from these people and have taken them as wives for their sons so the holy race has become polluted and this have happened let me say it again so the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages and it have i have seen the ways of holiness becoming just becoming obsolete becoming worldly instead of holiness what they saying is holiness is worldliness and an ungodliness so this is happening in our lives today because it have been so many intermarriages intermarriages intermarrying that it's disgusting because it's like you can marry somebody in the faith. You just got to wait on God. And so this is what have happened. It's saying the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages. Worse yet, the leaders and officials have led the way in this outrage. And I just told y'all earlier about the outrage that have happened about three. I'm not going to name their names, but three that I know that's in the public eye that have married for the second time, they got living wives. And they are leading the way in ungodliness and worldliness. It's not holiness. 
They have polluted. I'm going to say it again. The holy race has become polluted. But glory to God on today. God is raising up kingdom marriages for his glory. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited what God is about to do in my life. Y'all, I'm just getting excited. I'm getting excited. And y'all, some of y'all that's hearing me, wait, I say on the Lord, don't settle. I know you're seeing people around you getting married, whatever. Listen, you got to wait on who God has for you that's in his plan for your life. When the time is right, God is going to make it happen. Y'all be encouraged, but don't further pollute the holy race. God wants us to marry. If you're a believer, God wants you to marry a believer. Glory to God because he wants his church. He wants the marriages to mirror, to be a model of God's relationship with the church. And his church is holy. The Bible said his church is holy. So let's not settle. But let us marry holy men of God and take marriage serious. Take marriage serious and say, I want to be that example. I want to be that leader. Lord, I want to be that leader and lead in kingdom marriages because they're happening. And it's more and more and more is going to spring up. So I encourage you on today. God know you. God see. God know your spouse. Wait, I say on the Lord, stay diligent and care for the things of the Lord that you may be holy in both body and in spirit, because God got your husband. God, excuse me, God, God got your husband. Got to say it with my head shaking, maybe incorrect English. God got you. So y'all, again, be encouraged. And remember, marriage is God's relation, a model of God's relationship with the church. Take it serious. Take it serious. Glory to God. And so you, number one, if you if you ain't married, look at me. Number one, you make sure you espouse to Christ. Because I had said this before, a lot, too many women out here running after a man, trying to get a man, and they're not even espoused to Christ. Listen, you, without a man, with Christ, is perfect. But you, without Christ, with a man, is on your way to hell. And God is coming for a church that have made herself ready. Have you made yourself ready for our soon coming? Sorry for all the interruptions, but as I was saying, have you made yourself ready for our soon coming King? Glory to God. The scripture is coming from Revelation 19, 8 through 9. And to her was granted that she would be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints and he said unto me right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the lamb and he said unto me these are the true sayings of god again revelations 19 8 through 9 so you are blessed when you qualify to be called unto the marriage supper of the lamb and again as this bible scripture was saying we got to be righteous we got to be in right standing with god so i encourage you single ladies on today to make sure that you have an intimate relationship with jesus christ where you have repented of your sins where you was baptized in the name of jesus christ and where you received the holy ghost and you're continuing to walk in holiness 
because we don't know the day or hour when our husband is coming. Jesus Christ, we don't know, but we got to be ready. Make sure you're ready for that marriage. Glory to God. And hey, if you don't have a church home, glory to God, you can check us out at the City of Refuge Church under the leadership of Bishop Calvin C. Wiley Sr. And we're located in Batesville, Mississippi, where you have a great rest of your day. Peace out.